Let's start the party. You're listening to All Famous Radio Show. Keep it on. I want to ask you something. Do you remember that guy who was super successful in all areas of his life? The one who said he will get to it tomorrow. Exactly. No one remembers him because he doesn't exist. He never became successful in any area of his life because he is still waiting for tomorrow. That's a major difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. Urgency. Successful people want it now, so they take action now. Almost everyone else says, I'll get to it tomorrow or when I have time. You don't get given time. You make time. You are the timekeeper of your life. You decide where to allocate your time. Hungry people don't wait. Hungry people want it now. They take action now. They lock in the dates now. They set the goals, the targets, and the deadlines now. Not when they're ready. Not when it's all perfect. Now. If you want it, you push for it now. No one on their deathbed wished that they never went after all the things they want. They regret that they didn't go for it. They regret waiting. They regret not living the life they deserved because they always put it off for another day. Do not be one of those people. Get hungry. Develop urgency. How do you develop urgency? In one word, passion. When you truly care about something, you take action. Find that thing that you love so much, the thing that you want so bad, that you must take action now. Ask yourself, why and who? Why do you want this? Why do you need to become this person? Why do you have to achieve this thing you want? Who? Who is going to benefit when you achieve this? Who are you doing it all for? Once you know these things, you will not wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow is for people who don't care about their life. Now is for those who want more from life. There's no procrastination when you have passion and meaning in your life. They cannot coexist. Find that thing that you love so much, you will work day and night for it. Find that reason that burns so bright, you will fight for it every day of your life. Today's opportunities won't exist tomorrow. Stop saying tomorrow and start dominating today. Don't wait for the perfect moment. There is no perfect moment. Now is all we have. Today is the day. Now is the time. Do something small today, now, to lock you in to your dream. A small action that makes you committed to the cause. When you do something, you build momentum. And if you continue to take action, you will start seeing results. Results that will compound in time. In 10 years time, you do not want to be one of those people who wish they started 10 years ago. Start now. The future you is begging you to start now. Today's the day. When are you going to stop lying to yourself? When are you going to be honest with yourself? Those who say tomorrow never succeed. 
There is no tomorrow. Today is the day.
pleasant and wonderful evening right here on All Flavors Radio. At the top of the hour, we had No Tomorrow. Motivational speech. And that was the sounds there of Anthony David and Algebra Brissett with Heaven. How are you all doing out there in all flavours land? So good to have you on board. I am Wimbo77. And I am KJB. How are you doing, KJB? I know that um, you and actually Lily are both going to be in tonight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm filling in. Uh-huh. If, the, if, the, if, the, if I can say that, but it's always a ple- it's always a pleasure to be here and to uh, present with yourself, Wimbo. Thank Fully you. Enjoying it. And we're going to give a big shout out to the chat room crew. We're going to give a big shout out to everyone on TuneIn. Big shout out to the worldwide crew. Big shout to the TT crew. You know who y'all are. And yes, we have a lot to be getting on with this evening because mm-hmm. we have quite um, interesting topics tonight. But what is our question for the evening? This is this is quite a hot topic topic i would have thought mm. it'd be interesting to see what what comes back it says do mothers have the right to deny fathers access to their children just because they have moved on that's right so i posted something on the t t the clock and um got a fair amount of comments on that and it was a woman ranting on that if she can't have the man that he can't see his child. So we're going to go into that a little bit later on. Not quite yet. Mm. But do mothers have the right to deny fathers? And what we're going to look at is what fathers can do if they do find themselves in this situation. Yeah? Mm. That was a bit mm. of a big sigh, KJB. No, because it hits home. Because mm. we, we, we understand that this is, this is a real... These things... This is a real serious question because mm. this, there's a situation obviously that we we're quite aware of we're you know and and this has happened yes on more than one occasion mm. i'm sure mm. Mm. and there are father's organizations out there but first of let, let's just move into another really important question and that is how do you value your estate so how do i value my estate what we're we talking about somewhere that we live is that what it is it could be well, what it is, is your will lets you decide what happens to your money, property and possessions after death. So we're talking about making a will, what is entailed in making of the will. And really, if you make a will, you can make sure that you do not pay more things of um, things such as inheritance tax, all these kind of things. So we're going to kind of go into this and sit and just delve deep because... It's quite important. I mean, do 
it's it's a bit of a funny subject, but not a funny subject, yeah, right? No, I understand because nobody really wants to discuss death, isn't it? Mm. It's not something that we all because it's an unnatural thing. Death is yeah. unnatural. Let's let's face it. People do live longer, longer, healthier lives now because the advance of medication, advance of science, but it's it's still. Something, it's still a, not a taboo subject, but it's still a, a subject that can be difficult to discuss. Mm, but it is actually a Im- very important su- mm. subject that we need to discuss because it is inevitable. This is going to happen. Mm. So how mm. can we or what process do we go through now while we're living in order to make sure that we set our house in order? It's all about setting our stalls out, setting our house in order Mm. so that all of our uh, beneficiaries, trustees of the estate, that they can receive different things. So we spoke there of inheritance tax, okay? And we know that you can write, also write a will yourself, Mm. uh, but you should obviously get advice because it's not so straightforward. No, that's the thing, isn't it? And that's why we're discussing it now, because obviously there are there have been occasions where people have died. Some people don't leave a will. Mm. Uh, then it goes to probate. Obviously, we're going to discuss that further. But it can be difficult for families sometimes, because, you know, you know when these things happen, it, it can either... Two things can happen. It can either gel a family, mm. or in some cases, it can actually tear a family apart Absolutely. if it's not done properly. So it is vitally important that, as you're saying... That we've got to look at our house and see how we can get it in order. Mm, so you need to get your will formally witnessed and signed if you do make your own one. So it, that makes it legally binding. And if you want to update your will, you need to make an official alteration called a codicil or make new or make a new will. So what happens if you die without a will? Well, like I said, it goes to probate. Mm. And then, and then um, the law then mm. decides what happens and, yeah. and that can be difficult for families do you know what I mean when someone's worked hard and and screwed away their little earnings or their their funds and then suddenly the government but, mm. have control of it it can be very very difficult for families to deal with that and it's sad because I've heard of late even families fighting and squabbling over possessions there was one woman I think uh, my mum told me about a while ago and she had a few, about four children and she had eight houses. And because they were squabbling and fighting, the government got everything. They literally got everything. So everything that the mother worked for, the family lost it. Now that we call that um, building generational wealth. When you, when you can leave something as a legacy for your uh, beneficiaries Mm. but if families fight when someone passes away then more often than not they lose out fully they lose everything right yeah because all they're doing is fighting basically they're fighting against themselves Mm. (laughs) Mm. they're not fighting the law the law is statutory it stands yeah but if you're fighting for for possessions you're only fighting against yourself and it's only damaging the 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 ties of the family like i said it can either death will either make you that come together and try and strengthen the bonds or unfortunately like you just discussed it it can go the other way right so on the .gov website um, we're going to look how in first off just how inheritance tax works threshold thresholds rules and what the rules allow 
So it highlights that inheritance tax, the tax on the estate, the property, money and possessions of someone who's died. And there's normally no inheritance tax to pay if either the value of your estate is below 325,000, but that's the threshold. Or if you leave everything above 325,000 threshold to your spouse, civil partner, or a charity or community amateur sports club. So if your threshold is below 325, there's no inheritance tax. No, there's no tax. You have to put inheritance tax, yeah. And if you leave everything to your spouse or civil partner, to a charity or community sports club, amateur sports club, that above 325,000, there's no inheritance tax. Mm, mm. Okay, but you'll need to report the estate's value even if it's below the threshold. So um, what was, I saw something earlier earlier um, regarding um, to make sure that you know what your assets are, how much mm. your assets yeah, are, yeah, how much yeah, you yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but if you give your give away your home to your children, that's including your adopted, foster or stepchildren, grandchildren, then your threshold can increase to 500,000. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because of, of, yeah, because there's two, two lines of, of thought here, isn't it, mm. about what you do, do, you, do you, when you do, because every, every family is different. So it's nice to know that there are different ways in which you can support mm. those who you've left behind and that can go up to five hundred thousand. but it makes the point that the standard inheritance tax is 40 40 percent and it's only charged on part of your estate that's above the threshold so say if your partner um 325 pounds but it's four hundred thousand, then you've got to pay forty thousand pounds of that extra seventy five thousand, right so that that in it's 40 percent. So forty percent of one hundred seventy five thousand minus uh, so five hundred minus three two five. That's what's left over. Mm-hmm. So let's look um, KJB. Um, and also, there's different rules for Scotland and Northern Ireland. So you'd have to look into that. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Like we said, if you die without a will, the law decides what you get or who gets what. And also, what do you have to do? Now when we've come to the point of you writing your will, right, what what do you need to cover? Okay, so let's look at um, will writing. We're gonna go, what we're going to do, beautiful listeners, is put all of the information into the chat box. So coming, you can go in and f- get the information there, and then you can find out um, how to, you know, get to the, the information that you need. So making a will, what do we need to do when, when making a will? What do we do when making a will? We should set out first who we want to benefit from the will. Um, who should look after any children under 18? Also, who is going to sort out your estate and carry out your wishes after your death? That's called an ex- executor or executor. And also what happens if the people you want to benefit die before you do. Okay, so why you need legal advice? You can get advice from a professional if your will isn't straightforward. For example, you share a property with someone who is not your husband. So uh, what do they call someone that's you're living with but that's not your husband? There's a word for it. Uh, civil partner. Civil partner or there's another civil partner. They'll be married. No, civil partnership, you're not necessarily married, are you? Oh, no? Okay, because I thought civil partnership was like... 
Okay. Oh no, yeah, no. It's called um the, the, there's there is a term but that's so that's not so straightforward. If you're not married to the person, then obviously that's not straightforward. If you share um also if you want to leave money or property to a dependent who cannot care for themselves. So if it's a young person, for instance, then your will won't be so straightforward because we spoke there if you want to leave your children under 18 to with someone then that person will have to look after that child and then you know other things can come up hello naturally lily Hi. somehow you've morphed um dj kjb's morphed into naturally lily <laughs> it's um, interesting <laughs> all right so we're talking um writing a will we're talking about why is it so important to leave one because if we don't, then the law decides on what yeah. your assets and your estate is. We've learned that um, if you're married, that you can leave up to 325000 to your partner without inheritance tax or 500000 to your children without inheritance tax. I thought your spouse just automatically inherited. I didn't realise they paid inheritance No, tax. they don't have to. So... Up to three hundred twenty-five thousand, but anything over three hundred twenty-five thousand. So, say if you left your spouse five hundred thousand, you pay tax on the tax. That's forty percent tax on the hundred and seventy-five thousand after the three two five. Oh, it's three two five. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, do you think it's important to write a will naturally, Lily? Yeah, and I think it's important to do it young. I think a lot of people think that. Um, Wills need to be written when you're like in your 50s and your 60s. Mm. And no, because a will isn't just because you die. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's not just inheritance on, on your death. It's on things like how to take care of you whilst you're living as well. So if you don't have the capacity to make certain decisions for yourself, yeah, um, you need to make sure that there's someone there that's trustworthy to make those decisions on your behalf but even with that person having that kind of legal right mm. everything's already kind of been scripted for them so the stress is kind of taken away they i think they call that a living will that's a living will yeah whereas this is this will be your last will and testament so the last will and testament is when someone's passed on mm. but your living will is like what you've just said there naturally lily if say something happens and you're not compass mentors, you can't, not in a position to tell people what you want, yeah. then it, that's a living will. Okay. And I think a will is there as well, because automatically things go to spouse and children. Mm. But if there's other people that you wanted to pass on some inheritance to, yeah. and you don't write a will, then your children have the say in, in all of it. I know of a person recently, their dad has died. Mm very young actually he was only 51 and he didn't have a will um the family so the person's um brothers and, and sisters are trying to disinherit the children oh no that's they terrible. don't want the children to know where the dad's buried the, the children Ooh. didn't even know the dad had died to be fair um because they were not estranged but it was a bit of a tricky topic and in line with the topic that we're going to be speaking about today how interesting yeah. is that um the our question today naturally Lily, is this do mothers have the right to deny fathers access to the children because they have moved on 
Yeah. So we'll get to that. Yes. But yeah, so the, the family didn't want the children to get the inheritance. Mm. But because he doesn't have a will, the, the solicitors already said everything's going to go to the two children anyway. Um, but it's just because he doesn't have a will, it's got to go through probate. Mm. So, I mean, it does make it a bit more complicated, complicated for yeah. the children. And you don't want to drag out the process either. Once it's written down, it's and stored securely as well. None of this, I have it on a piece of paper in my under my bed. Mm. No, it has to be stored securely where legal personnel have access and can support you mm. in your passing, support your family. Um, thanks, KJB. Um, I do think a will is very important. Mm. So you should you should really cover your whole estate, your estate. And it's a good idea to drop a list of all your assets and debts. Then you have a clear idea of how much it's worth, which can help decide you to decide how to distribute it. Mm-hmm. So what are assets? What do they include? So just of what you said that you also inherit the debt. So Yes, yeah, <laughs> we're going to do that down. We'll do that afterwards. Yeah. So any property you own in the UK. So this is UK based. Mm. So any, any um, property you own in the UK or abroad. Savings in a bank, mm. building society or elsewhere, but you need to be able to give access. So that's always yeah. the way you write it down. And can I just stop you there when, when speaking about access? Because um, I heard a, ra- a programme a while ago, actually. Mm-hmm. And what happened was the lady's husband had passed away. But because everything's password, everything, she had no access to his account. Yeah. So she couldn't get in there to do any dealing. She had to wait over a year. So that put her into kind of debt when it comes to like um, you said probate, mm-hmm. and probate can take up to that up amount to two of time years, as well. Yeah. Um, so she wasn't able to access any of his accounts. So maybe having a book that people are aware of in the house to say, right, if I if anything happens to me, these are my passwords. These are all the, the access. This gives you access to. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Instead of having to go for the bank and then they're like, oh, well, no, you're not the person. And then your person that's left behind has to kind of find ways around getting your assets. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Lily. Uh, it says insurance such as life insurance and endowment policies. Mm. Pension funds that include a lump sum payment on death. Um, that one's interesting because if you... I know for the NHS, you... I'm trying to think about if my page has actually got a named person because you have to go in and actually name a person mm. that if you need to pass on your pension to someone or who has, you know, the rights to access it, um, they have to be named on your, on your document, on your, whatever the documentation is. Mm. Um, so yeah, investments such as stocks and shares or investments such as um, investment trusts, vehicles, jewellery, antiques and other valuable personal belongings, furniture and other house contents. That's an interesting one, actually. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes maybe uh, a relative might go and they said, oh, I really used to love that little antique there and take it. But it doesn't hypothetically belong to them, right? It belongs to the family. So these things have to be written down. Even things like jewellery, like I said, jewellery and personal belongings. Yeah. It might be a suit that you had that normally people take things to the charity shop, but you write this down, well, auntie, auntie 
whoever liked that suit or that jacket. So you might want to them. give it to them, yeah. Yeah, because I know in with ours, um, Grandad used to have lots of hats. Mm. But I think um, my brother took one and the family weren't happy about it. Which is fair because it know? wasn't necessarily his to take, was it? Right, so it it's, although we know that Grandad wouldn't have minded. Yeah. But writing these things down, um, mind you, you might get family members that... <laughs> no matter if you have a we never take it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's but move no. on to debts. So debts, yeah. So you can also <laughs> will your debt to certain people. Oh, wow. Or, or, or write, you need to write down the debts you have. So the biggest debt we tend to have is obviously going to be a mortgage mm. or equity release in a property. So that is number one on the list. Um, unless you are fortunate in the fact that you've paid off your mortgage your mm. mortgage free um you've got credit card balances bank overdrafts and loans so that's your car loan that's um even for some people student loan i don't know if it is in this country no but i know someone has told me and people on the clock app can you just confirm in the u.s you inherit student loan wow <laughs> That's but so is, that you, is that if you put it in the will? No. So loan is inherited. So if you didn't write a will, mm. yeah. If I didn't write a will and um, my mortgage is still open by the time I pass, mm. that will go to the children. But that makes sense. That makes sense if you're you're dying and you've, you've not finished paying your mortgage. Mm. Then if the children do take on that asset then that makes sense that they would continue to pay, right? But they for might the... not want to take the asset. So then they'll, will they lose it? What happens? Do they get the money back from it? Does that go to probate and they work it out? I haven't got the foggiest. You know, it's a good idea to get assets valued regularly as well. The price of your house, for instance, might have changed. Mm. So you might have bought it for 100000 back in the day and now it's worth quarter of a million or whatever then obviously the, the price changes and they do change substantially, don't they? Mm. So how do people divide? How can we divide up the estate? We're going to quickly speed through this because... So you would need to just, you need to state clearly how you want to your um, estate to be distributed and you should be um, documenting who you want to be responsible for distributing it. So... Some things you need to think about. Who do you want to benefit from your will? Whether you want to give any specific gifts to particular people. Whether the residue of the estate is to go to um, pay your like funeral expenses yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and then you need to think about what you want to happen if any of the beneficiaries should die before you. Or whether you want to leave any money to charity. Do you know mm. how you can clear up all of that? It's just will your trust. Okay. Because I feel like the will... So all of our assets mm. are under our trust. Yeah. Our life insurance, um, the mortgage will be under trust. Like all of the stuff that is... An asset. That, that can, can be, be passed on to someone yeah, yeah. goes under the trust. Yeah. The trust then pays it out to whoever so like our life insurance the girls may get a lump sum and then get paid incrementally mm. yeah they won't just get here's the whole million yeah and that's the thing and I, then blow it you, you know said I mean? earlier about 
right, if you have a pension and you name someone on that pension. Mm. So if that person named on your pension might be your children, mm. um, but then later on down the line in the will, you, you say, I want to leave a certain amount to Auntie Millie, for instance. Mm. She won't get that money because, from your, in, in the will because on the documentation when you signed up for your pension or for your um, trust, mm. the, those people named are the ones that will get it. Yeah, but your pension is different than... You can put your pension under your trust. I don't think you can in the UK, but yeah. if your pen, the pension and your trust is two different things. Mm, but you said that if you if someone's named in it, if you name someone in it, and then you want to say give some some of the money from your pension, for instance, to someone else. Yeah, that person won't get it. Even they though will because it's, it's your pension. No, even though it's even though it's in your will that you want them to get it. Yeah, because on your paperwork initially that you named someone on that paperwork, the person on the paperwork is the person that will get. Yeah, that but money. why would you put your pension on your on your will? Because if you've already named that person as the beneficiary of your pension payment on your death, yeah. you wouldn't need to put that in your will. No. So you wouldn't have that named person on your will. You'd only have the but, trust named mm. and any other bits that need to be named on there. So like the furniture, the green yes. chair will go yes. to yes. Auntie Patricia or whatever. But the pension is, isn't that separate. That doesn't need to go on your it's will, It's separate, it? but, but like you said earlier, you have to name someone on the pension, right? Yeah. So that well, you don't have to. Okay, so that's fine. You don't fine. have to. You can just leave it unnamed. And then if you did want to will it to someone, then you'd then write you that on, your, on yeah. your will. Yeah. yeah. But but if you have to sign initially, any documentation that you sign initially, the person named on that documentation, even though you may mention it in your will that you want them to have part of the pension, for instance, they won't get it because their name isn't on the paper. And you should always be yeah. updating these things anyway. Absolutely. So even if last year you wrote you know, Auntie Patricia on it, and I ain't mm. told Auntie Patricia. <laughs> if you don't want her to get nothing, you need to take her near mark. So you'd need to update it anyway. I saw this thing. It, I think it was a bit mean, actually. And it was estranged children. Oh. They said to leave them a pound. Oh. Leave one pound. But that's not really nice, is it? to the dog or something. Yeah, or, yeah, or to charity, yeah. So, I mean... But charity starts at home. It so does. That's a bit of a warped mental... Yeah. Way to... I was going to say something there, but it's not myself. So, when we write in a will, it's usually best to get the advice of a lawyer. You can go citizen's advice, or, because we can actually write our own will. Yeah. But it, like we said earlier, it has, it has to be, be witnessed. Notarized. Excellent, notarized. And then, obviously, choose someone that is, as an executor, someone that's trustworthy, yeah, because there are ways and means that people can probably give the lawyer something under the carpet and then the people that have been named in the will don't get anything, okay? But we know that that's happened. So even if you mm. have an executor of the estate, if the family don't like that executor, they can always, they shouldn't be able to, mm. but they can undermine what the executor of the estate has said. So if, if for example, they the family was only supposed to get 60% and that was the executive's role was to make sure it was evenly distributed. If the mm. family's not happy with that and they want the whole 100, if they want to go some unholy way, then they can. Yes, and it has been done in the past, beautiful listeners. You know, 
this is what um, DJ KJB was saying, that sometimes it can bring the best out in someone, in people, or families start fighting, like we said. Yeah. And if it goes to probate, the law decides and you can end up losing everything. Yeah. Like I said, the woman, she had four children. She had eight houses. They were fighting over the houses. Shut they, up. They lost everything. They could have had two houses each. <laughs> But the government there was took it all. Eight houses and they were fighting. Fighting over what the What were will. they fighting over? One they wanted a nicer house or something. Who knows? Still, they could have had two houses because she the mum worked hard, you know. Grafted all of her life only for the government to come and take it because they couldn't make up their minds. All right. And we don't want that, do we, beautiful listeners? We definitely don't want that when it comes to leaving that legacy, that generational wealth for our, our offspring mm. so set our stores in order you know it's possible to use professional will writing services or make your own will but make sure that you know as we've said there that there are specific things we've put some things in the chat so come and join us in the chat room of all www.allflavorsradio.com get those links so that can send you you know the right areas because it's important it's really important to leave, to, to have a will done so that your beneficiaries can benefit and then you'll be happy and peaceful mm. in your um, resting state. All right. So beautiful listeners, we'll see y'all in five. Online and on your smart speaker. Playing all the best songs. Oh, Flavors Radio. Are you listening? Are you really listening? Answer these questions out loud. What does S-H-O-P spell? And what do you do at a green light? Stop? Or should you go on green? Katie. I'd say stop. I mean, most people do. So while we are listening, we're not really listening. Jamila? We do it all the time. In one ear and out the other. Life can just get too busy. Can't it, Mr Fry? It can indeed, but there are people out there desperate to be heard. And you can help by taking the time to listen, even if you're a prince. Being able to talk about how you're feeling is essential for keeping mentally fit and healthy. So maybe now is the time for us to stop and to really listen. Right now, you are one of 20 million people listening. On more than 300 radio stations. And each and every one of us has the power to make a difference to someone. Just by taking a minute to stop. And to listen. To really listen. Dominution Promotion presents a taste of Dominica and St. Lucia after Carnival Party. On Saturday the 2nd of September, on board the luxurious Maud Teresa Joanne by King George V, Doc Woolwich Man Away, London E16 to QY. Boarding from 10pm to 3am. There'll be non-stop party vibes with DJ Mosty, DJ Redboy, DJ Shyboy, DJ Specialist and Ninja Man Lloyd. They'll be playing the best in soca, Afrobeats, Bouillon, Reggae, Highlight, Kadas, and a whole lot more. Tickets are available from Eventbrite. Get your tickets.co.uk and all the DJs. For more information and party bookings, call 07401 388251. A taste of Dominique and St. Lucia after Carnival Party, Saturday the 2nd of September. Club Zorka Diaspora Events in conjunction with Anne Marie's Catering Presents. All Islands, Pre Carnival Boat Party all goes down Saturday, 19th of August. 
Sailing aboard the Hurley River Thames Westminster Pier Boarding 7pm Departing time 8pm And we return at 12am Ticket price £35 Limited And food is included with your ticket purchase Music policy for this event Afrobeats, Soka, Sugus, Zuhompa, Semba, Reggae, Kadas Music on this event powered by DJ Map, The Crazy One Straight out of Dominica Representing St. Lucia, Mikey Afri Presented 767 DJ Matthew and not forgetting the man himself DJ Smooth Forever Hype. For more information, contact 07961-753-359. Also, tickets are available for all DJs. The crazy one 07984-479317. Mikey Afri 07919996754. DJ Matthew 07432. 767374 DJ Smooth 07308894382 Bring your whistle, bring your flag. The more you listen, the more great music you hear. All Flavors Radio. So Fitzroy, small mercies. How are you doing, chat room? Give me a big high five, Mark Philogene. You can catch Mark every single Sunday, Monday, and Saturday. Do please um, check the schedules to see when the DJs are going live. 
and we know that it was Carnival weekend, wasn't it? This this week, Carnival weekend, and yes, I know that a lot of our DJs were out. Doing their thing over Carnival Weekend. Here's the sounds of Sofiano riding high. Shout out guest 178 out of Hayes and guest 224. And saying a big congratulations to Trey and Claudia on their marriage. We had a wonderful time out there in Portugal. Such a beautiful wedding. Sounds of Sufiano and Riding High. And I think they're in the soul charts at the moment. I cannot remember what one I got it from, but there's some really good tunes. New 2023 tunes out there, guys. I'll keep you posted as to which one it was. I'm giving a big shout out to Camilla Marcel, who had her new release on Paul Singer. And we will be getting her in very soon. So naturally, Lily, going on and moving on in our talks of uh, what we're going to be speaking on next on our history and Caribbean news. And which one is this? What's the topic? Or should we just ask the question again? What do you think? Yeah, so let's revisit the question that we want people to give us comments on yeah the question is do mothers have the right 
to deny fathers access to their children just because they have moved on. Mm. When you say they, do you mean the dad has moved the on? The dad's moved on, yes. Okay. What do you think? It's all right, we'll come back to the question. Yes, we will be discussing that. Yes. So that is the question. However, I'm going to play a little clip. And it's um, one highlighting something that's been in the news of late. And then we will discuss it, okay? So we're going to do a little snippet and we'll see you all shortly, okay? A mask to be hung from the neck of an important chief, an intricately carved wooden paddle, a cast brass cockerel. Some of the finest artistic creations of the historic kingdom of Benin in modern-day Nigeria. Yet for more than a century, they've been kept thousands of kilometres from their home. Now the Horniman Museum in South London has decided to give 72 objects back to Nigeria, a response to a request by its government in January. We are really uh, elated. We are seeing that many museums are responding because we feel that is the right thing to do because uh, you are with, uh, they're all trying to uh, right what was uh, done wrong. The Benin Bronzes, as they're called, are thousands of artefacts that were taken by British soldiers during a punitive raid in 1897. They're now spread across museums and private collections in Europe and the US. After decades of requests, the return of West Africa's looted treasures is suddenly gathering pace. Last year, France returned objects taken from the Kingdom of Abomey to Benin, and Germany is handing back its Benin Bronzes to Nigeria. It will be a remarkable feat if all the 10,000 or so objects looted in the 1890s make their way home. But no longer can Western institutions and collectors confidently maintain that artefacts stolen during the colonial era are rightfully theirs. Still, the British Museum, the holder of 900 Benin bronzes, says it's legally prevented from returning its collection by an act of British Parliament. The pressure is really on the British Museum. A few years ago, uh, the British Museum got together with a series of other museums in Britain and museums across Europe, uh, and they reached a consensus between them with, with Nigerian counterparts that they would loan back Benin bronzes in a sort of rotation between them. And the British Museum was happy with that arrangement, but that arrangement has completely fallen apart because it, Virtually every other museum that was part of that arrangement has now decided to give back its bronzes and the British Museum is standing alone. The Benin bronzes are a particularly clear-cut case. The Horniman Museum's board says they were obviously acquired through force. Yet Western museums are full of other cultures' treasures where ownership is vaguer. Might they eventually go home too? Decolonisation has its own momentum. Rory Challens, Al Jazeera, London. So, um, yes, quite a lot of information in that. The Horniman Museum are going to give them back. But in Nigeria, they are calling, they're renewing their call, should we say, for these Benin bronzes to be returned. You know, and they said following the British Museum's thefts, um, Horniman want to give them back. But we heard there naturally, Lily, that they, what do they say the British Museum will do? They are bound by legal reasons why they cannot return the things that them teeth in the first place. My question is, why do British always think that they've they got, 
possessed they own these things right yeah yeah like it doesn't apply to them you stole it everybody else pretty much is returning theirs back Mm. germany france even one of the uk museums what makes the british museum think that they shouldn't have that, to do that it. is not applicable to them well they said they'd loan it back to them how can you loan back some how can you loan that's something that you teeth somebody that that's not yours and that's the thing they said chris they tucker couldn't come that. in uh? chris tucker says that you ever borrow somewhere a room they had it so long you had to borrow it back <laughs> I'm so sorry. There you go. That's what they might have to just borrow it back and just not give no. it back, isn't it? Yeah, they should borrow it back and hold it on, hold on to it. So, like it says, it, it was about eighty, around eighty thousand items That's on public outrageous. display. Those are the ones on public display. Those aren't the ones that are downstairs in the vault because mm. there's a lot because more got other more, things, yeah. yeah, that um that they have that don't belong to them. So the Popular Tourist Attractions has launched an independent review of security after items and which were kept in storerooms, say, belonging to one of the museum's collections. This is the British Museum. And they found to be missing, stolen or damaged. So, oh, so they mashed up the things or they've just sold it to the highest bidder? Probably. So that could be in like a rich person's house somewhere. You just don't know. And they don't have the right to do this, you know. It's, 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 what's, what's the right word to use naturally, Lee? Because I can't really think of one, but they said the, can, but they've, they've a... dismissed it. So a member of staff's been, oh, they've been dismissed. So it was a member of staff that probably took it and... That they scapegoated. Yeah. So the museum will now take legal action against that individual. The Mets in, involved, it's, it, it calls it economic crime. And there's conducting an investigation but that doesn't make this is something that was stolen out of the store on this doesn't make... someone stole it from them and they got the targets <laughs> see you can do you know what you cannot make this play because that's what it is it's a screen a, a, a play for the stage that needs to be done on on runway you can't make this stuff up they raped the land of its goods put it on display to prove mm. to everyone that they teethed it from from Nigeria, Benin, yeah. And then they got the cheek to, 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 to prosecute someone that stole, that stole it, back. it back from them. I wonder if it was a Nigerian person. I have a feeling, you know. So it's I have sh- a feeling. I mean, they say it's shocking to hear that the countries and museums that have been telling us that the Benin bronzes would not be secure in Nigeria have thefts happening here. And in it. I mean, we're going to go to the comments on this because someone says, well, they don't, they shouldn't really return them because Nigeria won't look after them properly. This is one of the comments down below. But that's down to, okay, when we get there. So um, Abba Isa Tijani, the director of Nigeria's National Commission for Museums and Monuments, he spoke to Sky and described the bedding collection as a subject of loot, okay, and said the items were illegally taken out of Nigeria and they must be returned. Mm-hmm. I know I've done something on um, on yeah, the top before. It, yeah. And the, I mean, the, the comments that I got back, but you can't, if I come into your house and stole something from your house, would you be happy about that? Yeah, because then you could say, no, I'm going to hold it for you because you're not going to take care of it. Right, but it's, it's not <laughs> mine to take. So whether... Whether they say, oh, well, they should. Uh, I think one of the points that, which was made on, on the talk was 
we'll let them give back all the millions that that we've given them. That was one of the, the comments that was spoken about as about a, as, a, as a repercussion for you being in those lands taking out things in from those place. lands they were fine without you before what think what makes you think they need you now yeah and they were stolen by the british troops in 1897 that's a long time ago right mm. so we're in the 2000s now so it's a, a while so the museum also this is the british museum they disclose that 928 objects approximately 300 historic photographs in their possession that are associated with the kingdom of benin yeah and they also told the voice that the museum um to clarify if any items from the benin bronze collections were missing and we know that we've just read that there are items missing so how are they going to recollect and get those ones back so last year mm. <clears throat> the museum told the voice that their benin collection includes 189 brass pla- plaques from frag uh, plaques or fragments around 100 ivory tusks tusks aren't those illegal elephants yeah but the, i okay. guess it was something that in benin they used to probably take tusks and make things out of it the ivory right yeah figures and armlets 12 pieces of coral regalia as well as significant numbers of sculptural works casts in brass or bronze french art historians estimate that some are oh sorry that 90 percent of africa's cultural heritage is being held in europe that's a lot naturally 90 percent out of 100 that means that only 10 percent of Africa's cultural heritage is in Africa. Is in Africa. I mean, what sense does that make? And that that's not just from Benin. That's but then from I guess all over. no, because Egypt, I, when you look places. at when you look at the as it's not reasoning behind it, but when you look at the concept behind it, mm. if they've taken ninety percent out of Africa and put it into the countries where they want people to stay and pay, mm. then no one needs to travel to Africa to see those things. So then that's no one can true. enrich the land tourism yeah because yeah then stops go, yeah because uh, uh, we've been to the his- natural history museum so they got things up from mesopotamia mm. what was mesopotamia there was another you mean british museum british museum yeah it was a trip though going to the british museum let me explain why so we went when they i think they still got it there the egypt yeah the um, egyptologist yeah so yeah. they've got that What's set that up is? right and there's a large section that has just got mummies in it mm. And as I was walking through there, I don't know if it's because I just, I felt such negative, claustrophobic, miasmic air. (laughs) Yeah. Walking through that area um, with the mummies in it. And we had watched a programme called, I think it's called Dark Tourism, a little while ago. And there, on Dark Tourism, there's a... um, a country, oh, I can't remember which country it is now, and they it's basically Eastern, Eastern, uh, yeah, an, an Asian Sri country. Is it Sri Lanka or no, but it was one of those countries, yeah. uh, like Myanmar or something. Mm. And they dig up their dead Myanmar. and sit them around the the table dinner table and they eat food with them. Mm. And when you're watching the program, the guy's like, "Oh, this is weird," and "Oh, can you imagine digging up a dead person?" And then I'm like, walking through, walking through the. Um, Egypt exhibition with all the mummies in glass and I'm mm. like but you've just done the same thing you've dug up these dead mummies 
and put them on display. And then to make matters worse, one of the mummies underneath the head has got like this um, mini plate. And on the plate are engravings from the Book of the Dead. And I'm like, somebody who's not very smart will read that engraving. Mm. Is it written in now, English? Or is it in no, it's 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 in um hieroglyph. it's in hieroglyph. Mm. But there are people that can translate that, right? Mm. So my thing is, you've disturbed the dead for one. Remove them from a place where you know, if people go and want to visit their ancestors, they can't because they're no longer in that place. And then on top of that, you've brought whatever curse or whatever along with them and put them in a glass in the middle of Britain, in the middle mm. of London, in the British Museum. Surely, this is just me, surely that has some impact on your karma. I also thought recently, because I was watching a, like to watch those Egypt, Egypt, you know, they're going in and doing all the archaeology. Digging up people. And and in fact, this was on an island where it was Europeans, where they had a shipwreck and then they went and were digging up the graves. Yeah. And I thought, how would the British take it if we went to say where the Queen's buried or wherever? All the cemeteries and stuff. Right. And start digging up people. How would they feel about that? But they don't, they won't feel good because remember when they said they found King Richard mm. in that parking car park and they moved him. I'm sure they moved him to somewhere more secretive. Right. Because they didn't want anybody to be able to dig him up. So if you don't want no one to be, to dig up your dead, why, why are we going to other land? I get why we're doing it to try and learn about history and things mm. like that. But even like the pyramids and digging, going in there and disturbing all of that, isn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah, it's crazy. But then the return of these, they're saying that they've got one hundred eighty nine brass plaques or fragments and only a hundred ivory tusks. I don't know how eighty thousand and one hundred eighty nine. It's not equating or adding up for for me. So at the end of the day, do you think, beautiful listeners, that these Benin bronze statues should be returned to yes. they're not, they're where they've come from. If some museums, like we said earlier, have um, done so, why is the British Museum not following suit? Because I know sometimes you've got to pay to go and see some of these exib- exhibitions yeah. as well. So is it a money thing? They should be returned because Nigeria should benefit from allowing people to pay to go and see mm. exhibits in Nigeria, right? But that's the that's the point. The point is having ninety percent here, mm. or in the in Europe, you get ninety percent of the income, and the continent that is Africa and it's fifty four countries, they only get ten percent yeah. to split amongst them. Whereas if they have, if, when they do, because they will have to return the artifact artifacts back to the Kingdom of Benin. People will go there to see the artifacts. Yeah, so let them have 10% and let Africa have 90% then. Yeah, but then it flips the table though, innit? But this Shaka Artwell, I want to really go in and dig in a little bit on this comment, okay, which was posted on the 24th of August. And the the question was asked, should these artifacts be returned? And this person has said, no, 
looted or stolen booty or artifact claimed by the English as a result of defeating Nigeria in war should be returned to today's Nigeria for free reason. So they say no, it shouldn't be returned. Firstly, the government of Nigeria is still to authorise and finance the construction of a museum specifically to protect, house and display the Nigerian artefacts being damaged from the Western Caucasian Museums of England, Germany and the United States. Secondly, little care or interest is displayed by the Nigerian elected ministers and government institutions to Nigeria's pre-Caucasian European cultural, religious practices or artwork. And many of Nigeria's Christian and Muslim population today actively display revulsion, disgust and rejection of Nigeria's pre-Caucasian European history. And lastly, Nigeria pre-Caucasian European bronzes are alien and meaningless to the majority of today's Christian and Muslim practicing people. Nigeria have completely shorn themselves of all knowledge of Nigeria's native religious beliefs and practices. But that's only because of colonization yeah but that's what this person's saying yeah so nigeria's artifacts are on display in the museum of western europe western europe nigeria's artifacts are viewed and admired by Caucasian visitors who appreciate the high level of metallurgic skilled of nigeria's benin people and for these reasons most reasonable people would agree nigeria's native pre-christian artifacts ought to be allowed to be displayed in the museum of Western Europe. I don't like the fact that Mr. that Dr. Apoku has assumed that it's just Caucasian. Just shuck it out well. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that they've just assumed that um Caucasians go and look at because that's what they said there. Mm. They've said and admired by Caucasian visitors. That's not true. So already you've just assumed that no one of African Caribbean descent mm. wants to go and look at those artifacts. Because the assumption is that we don't go to the museums yeah, and look yeah. at them. When actually, if you go and visit the museum, there's a lot of people, us, a lot of us in there. Mm. Maybe we don't pay for the the exhibits because why should we have to when it's free to get into the museum? Um, and then therefore we don't know those things are available. Or when you do go into the museum, the only exhibits that you have to pay for are the ones that relate yeah. to us. Yes. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, so, so for that assumption to be made, yuck. And then there's a there's a point they made in the beginning about um, them not having the right um, facilities to take care of the artefacts. Can I just be blunt? That's none of your business. If they want their things back, give them their things back. It goes mm. back to your concept of someone taking something from your house. Were they looking after it in the house? No. Is that your problem? No. It's theirs. Let them do with it as they will. Just like in this country, loads of things have been destroyed that are related to, to British history. And mm. I'm not just talking about Caucasian British history. I'm talking about um, well, Afrocentric, because Afro I don't yeah. like to use the thing. Um, and appropriation of culture as well isn't it right so you can in one instance you can say oh they're not going to look after it it's look after it but in another instance that's a them problem that's not and i feel that nigeria are quite capable of building somewhere to place these things 100 percent. yeah so i i disagree with uh shaka artwell's comment 
And as Dr, this next comment by Dr Kwame Apoko, he says the British Museum and other Western museums should return the artefacts to their owner, the Oba of Benin in Benin City. And that's it in a nutshell. Return what doesn't belong to you. Beautiful listeners, we'll see y'all in five. Online and on your smart speaker. Playing all the best songs. Oh, Flavors Radio. Are you listening? Are you really listening? Answer these questions out loud. What does S-H-O-P spell? And what do you do at a green light? Stop? Or should you go on green? Katie. I'd say stop. I mean, most people do. So while we are listening, we're not really listening. Jamila? We do it all the time. In one ear and out the other. Life can just get too busy. Can't it, Mr Fry? It can indeed, but there are people out there desperate to be heard. And you can help by taking the time to listen. Even if you're a prince. Being able to talk about how you're feeling is essential for keeping mentally fit and healthy. So maybe now is the time for us to stop and to really listen. Right now, you are one of 20 million people listening. On more than 300 radio stations. And each and every one of us has the power to make a difference to someone. Just by taking a minute to stop. And to listen. To really listen. Dominique Promotion presents a taste of Dominique and St. Lucia after Carnival Party. On Saturday the 2nd of September, all board the luxurious and more Teresa Joanne by King George V, Doc Woolwich Man Away, London E16 2QY. Boarding from 10pm to 3am. There'll be non-stop party vibes with DJ Mosty, DJ Redboy, DJ Shyboy, DJ Specialist and Ninja Man Lloyd. They'll be playing the best in Soca, Afrobeats, Bouillon, Reggae, Highlight, Kadas, and a whole lot more. Tickets are available from Eventbrite. GetYourTickets.co.uk and all the DJs. For more information and party bookings, call 07401 388251. A taste of Dominique and St. Lucia after Carnival Party, Saturday the 2nd of September. Club Zook Diaspora Events in conjunction with Anne Marie's Catering Prison. All Islands, pre Carnival Boat Party all goes down Saturday, 19th of August. Sailing aboard the Hurley, River Thames, Westminster Pier. Boarding 7 p.m. Departing time 8 p.m. And we return at 12 a.m. Ticket price 35 pounds. Limited and food is included with your ticket purchase. Music policy for this event: Afrobeats, Soca, Sugus, Zuhompa, Semba, Reggae, Kadas. Music on this event: Howard by DJ Map, the Crazy One, straight out of Dominica, representing Saint Lucia, Mikey Afri, representing. 767 DJ Matthew and not forgetting the man himself DJ Smooth Forever Hype for more information contact 07961 753 359 also tickets are available for all DJs the crazy one 07984 479317 Mikey 07919996754 Six seven three seven four DJ Smooth zero seven three zero eight eight nine four three eight two. Bring your whistle, bring your flag. The more you listen, the more great music you hear. All Flavors Radio.
First track there was Missy Asia. Don't waste, don't worry. How you doing, Chapman Crew? Won't you come and take my hand? How you doing, TikTok Crew? Give a big shout out to Corey. How you doing, Corey? You can catch Corey each and every Monday right here on allflavorsradio.com. Also giving a big shout out to George Flavors. How you doing, George? And DJ Laro. You can catch Laro every single Tuesday and Sunday right here. DJ Laro will be on from 8 until 10 tonight. And following DJ Laro, DJ J Hope. From 10 till 12. Now that we have made some steps on our way, no turning back. 
One seven eight out of Hayes. Guess two two four out of Milton Keynes. say that time is really running tonight. Sounds of Wimbo 77, unconditional. Lee. <laughs> okay, so beautiful listeners, how are you doing out there in Radio Land? We have been speaking today on writing wills, the importance of it, and what we can include, uh, the inheritance tax, what the um, what the limit is, and who is entitled to what. You can write it, you can legally take it to someone else to do it, as well as having the artefacts from Benin returned. Nigeria are calling, they want them back, and that is the case. But now, naturally, Lily, we're going to go into our question, and... It is one, there's a lot of fathers that are suffering really out there, aren't there? Yeah. What is the question? So the question is, do mothers have the right to deny fathers access to their children just because they have moved on? Yeah, so mothers, just because (coughs) the fathers have moved on, uh, there was a a talk that we saw, or that I saw recently, where the woman, she's like, you ain't going to see your son because... Um, I don't want you going with your wife or your girlfriend, your new girlfriend. I don't want my child around them. And you're not going to see the child. That's it, kind of in a nutshell. Is that right? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts out there, listeners? Naturally, Lily. So, I would say if the... So, the in that scenario, mm. the white woman 
he's just he's just got a new girlfriend so i would say not withholding the child but i don't want the child around the female until i know i don't even why i'm saying i because it would (laughs) never be me i just don't think that the other lady should be around the child Mm. Until that relationship is solid, yeah. Because we don't I want agree. we don't want f- fleeting romances, mm. yeah. And then my child is involved with every no, no. That's that's a no from me. But but however, that I, being said, can I just stop you? You saying that I agree with what you've said, but should that still stop? Right, you can make the stipulation. I don't want them around the new person, but should no that stop the woman from allowing the the child to see their parent. No. Because the the point is, it's not that they don't want them around the new person, but if I can't have you, you can't have your child. That's outrageous. That's, because that's there's the a, there's clearly a reason why you're not together. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So if there, if the, if there's a reason why you're not together, mm. using your child as a... Pawn or a weapon? Pawn, a weapon, mm. whatever you want to call it, is only going to aggravate the situation. And I feel like... A lot of females, not a lot of females, some females mm. miss, they miss a beat here when it comes to the child. Mm. There are some circumstances where visitation needs to be at a contact centre. Yep. DV, um, any any form of, of abuse, um which we know is unacceptable. Then which is unacceptable. The woman's got to protect herself from that, right? Yeah. So contact centre or, you know, certain stipulations in that meeting contract where both parties are protected and the child is protected. Mm. But if the if the ideal is just because if I can't have you, you can't see your child, where is your sense of dignity? Because now you're begging a man to have you Mm. that don't want you and you're choosing the child and making their relationship with their father strained because you're bitter. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry, child, I don't don't want to be with no one that don't want to be with me. I don't want to be with no man that's only with me because I've told him you can't see your child. Mm. He don't want to be with you. He's only with you so he can see his child. And that's not fair, is it? Because sometimes relationships don't work out. Sometimes it could be because of divorce, separation. These unexpected things can happen and bonds can be broken. So it's not surprising that the effect of breaking these bonds, they can be devastating. Woman might be devastated because she loved the man so much and the man might be devastated because she's not allowing him to see the child. But, it, you know, these things do happen. So, like you but, said there, naturally, Lily, mediation is a good thing. Yeah. But that's if the woman... Is willing to have a mediator. Right, is willing to have someone or go to a mediace, mediation centre. And this is without any complex situations like what you've mentioned there, DV, or they're just not, not amicable, mm. whatever the situation. So... But what if it's not like that and she's just preventing the child from seeing their father? I honestly feel, I'm quite strong in my belief in this. Mm. I honestly feel that women that withhold their children um, should be prosecuted. And I know that sounds really extreme, but a man can get prosecuted for not paying you child support mm. and, e- and still not have access to his child. 
Yeah, he could say, no, why should I pay for my child if I don't get to see them? Mm. Which I don't think is fair, but I understand the concept. Yeah, why should I give you five, six, seven, eight hundred pound a month and I don't even get a day with my child a month? Yeah, he can go to prison. I've yeah. seen paternity court. My guy spent five years in prison and the youth, the turn I wasn't even his. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, five years of his, of his life taken because a woman was bitter and she 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 didn't have control over her over her um, fertility. fertility. Yeah, because yeah. she didn't know who the father was. Yeah. So I think that is wrong. I feel like if a man can be prosecuted for not paying for, I don't even think he's paying for a child, for not upholding a standard of life for a child he brought into this world, I feel like a, a woman should be prosecuted for similar similar reasons not upholding a standard because it's still a standard not upholding a standard bringing that child into to the world mm. every child has the right to their mother and their father absolutely fully agree to their fully mother agree. and a father even the worst human beings are capable somehow of loving their children uh, as you know i watch the crime channel i'm a very avid watch of the crime channel yeah. there are serial killers that had thriving families. Yeah, the males had thriving families because they had the ability to love their children. Mm. <clears throat> so if if that despicable person has access to their child, who are you keeping your child from from a man just because he don't want you? Mm. That's so and pathetic. What the, the saddest thing in and with all of this is that the child is the one that is suffering. The mum's fighting over there. The child's in the background probably watching what's going on and she's having a rant and a rave at the father and the father's trying to keep the situation calm or maybe not. They might end up fighting. You don't know the situation. But this can lead to your child feeling sad, angry, frustrated because one, both parents are splitting up mm. and it's really dependent on the age of the child but it doesn't matter to, to much degree because the child is going to grow up and still be torn between this bitter woman that won't allow Not the really. child to see the, the parent. I think yeah. so at some point in their life, their eyes get opened. Oh, yeah, they, they, they will grow up. They will grow up. But then they, they get to the age of growing up and it can go one of two ways. One way which they totally can't stand the father, mm. even though they may have seen the father trying and so forth. And I think, well, he could have tried hard enough. I don't know, because the impact, it's the, the impact on the child. Mm. But what it's making the point of in this article, it says you can inf influence the impact on your child, focusing on the ability to communicate successfully. That's if you are entitled and allowed mm. to, this is the point of being allowed to have that relationship with the, the child. Meet their needs for safety, security and support. So um, we're going to go into your comments soon. Um, so are you making sure that you are pro providing even though you're not being given the chance to have that relation or build that relationship? Mm. Also taking care of yourself because it's going to impact on you your and your mental health because you're not allowed to see your child and also main, trying to be civil with the mother. But if the mother's making it difficult... It's it's a lot on the father, isn't it? And I, I feel like the I know people close to me that are in the situation where when they were raised by just their mother, 
their mother struggled through life mm. and they ra- they were raised in very like they were poor <laughs> there's no other way to say it they were poor and when you when i hear the story of stories of their childhood and like you try and connect the dots and their mums told them certain things about their dad one thing i feel is women impact their their children's relationship with their father through what they speak yeah, some mums don't speak do. at all which helps some mums give little bits of information here and there and then other mothers just bad mouth the dad yeah mm. and this person had been raised with someone who bad mouthed the dad yeah and when i look back on it they have so much internal struggle because of a strained relationship with their dad Mm. that you can only hear one side of a story and it's so sad to listen to them speak about their upbringing because their upbringing was awful and then when they do speak about their dad it's with that torn internal feeling because what they was told doesn't really match up with what you see from the other side and it's like how do you how do you reconcile with that? Girls grow up with daddy issues and and men grow up thinking that they can't be a man because they weren't raised by a man mm. or because a woman was bitter because a man chose not to be with her. What are your thoughts out there, listeners? How do you feel about it? Do you think it's right for a woman to withhold her children from their fathers? Because we know fathers are an integral part of the family. Without mm. the father, I think we've kind of spoken about this a long time ago yeah integral part of the family because he is the one we hear the terminology sperm donor don't we in some cases but he is the one that has helped to procreate and create this beautiful being brought them into the the world yet the mother through whatever reasons has chose to withhold the child Mm. from their father right so what happens then if you can't they will they just staunch against you being able to see your child. Well, there is the Family Justice Young People Board, and members are children and young people with experience of family law proceedings. They've created a useful resource to top tips to help parents to think about matters from their child's perspective. And can uh, I can I just shut that down right oh, away? Right. The reason I'm I'm shutting it down is because a mum that is bitter isn't going to be going to these places. Mm. so as much as you have that facility there maybe the dads might go but you've even got mums being taken to court Mm. because they they've got to work out you know child maintenance or whatever and once they've gone to court and the hearing been had Mm. the mum still has control yeah so unless someone is someone is it's someone on both sides as well like a parent of the parent is going and saying all right there's mediator there i'll go and pick child from house A and drop them off to house B. So neither of you have to interact. Mm. The mum is still in control of relinquishing that child into that person's care. And even when that child is in that person's care, the mum still has control of whether she phones the child every hour, whether she... Because one thing I don't like as well is the women that say, oh, you're going to your dad's for the weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then... They call the child every hour while they're with the dad or get vexed that the dad dropped the baby off or dropped the child off to his mum's house. You can't, it's your weekend. You mm. should be spending it. But no, but, weekend, but when so the child is with you, no mm. one questions what you do. Mm. And it is, 
I know, I know from the female point of view, you're cut up because the man has chosen not to be with you. I know this is what we're talking about. The, the anger is because he chose to leave or he cheated on you and you left him or whatever, but you're not together and you still want to be with that person. So there is anger there. Mm. So I understand the anger. Yeah. But... You've got to set that aside though for the child. Yeah. When do people start thinking about how it's impacting the the young one? Because mm. when they're a baby, they don't really, you can't see it. But when I remember my friend's son, he he was about four, four or five. Mm. Nah, he can't have been that young, maybe a little bit older. And I remember he was the one that turned around to his dad and was like, you don't make no effort. And I remember thinking, oh my God, he's so small. But even that child can notice it. Of course they will. Of course they do, you know. So it's it, we're talking about fathers here, though, in the sense that fathers that want to and will go out the way to make the effort to see Mm. their children not for the and this is a sad thing there are a lot of deadbeat dads out there I don't like to use that term but it's truth there are some deadbeat fathers out there that will they're quite happy not to go and see the child Mm. they're quite happy not to pay they're quite happy to move on but we're talking about fathers that want to move on but want to see their child, want to provide for their child, yet the mother is withholding the child. Yeah, what are your thoughts out there, beautiful listeners? How do you feel about um, women holding children as a ransom? Because because the, the the fathers don't want to stay in the relationship, yet they, the woman will not, relinquish any rights for the child it's 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 all it's a bit of jealousy as well because if he is moved on because that's the question mm. relinquishing the child when he's moved on um especially if they got married so maybe all up until you know the wedding she was fine ah, it's just a little thing ain't gonna last <laughs> and you get married because i've heard yes. of, of the stories where the the new the fiance wife to be wants the child involved in the wedding party and mm. really wants to get the child involved and has a, like the mum's allowed them to go for dress and suit fitting and all of that and on the day of the wedding now the child's not coming Mm-mm. because it's almost like they felt it's not real it's not real it's not real it's not real and then it's actually happening now reality is dawned and it's not only the fact that it's on the day of the wedding the wedding falls on the dad's weekend because they planned it yes. so it's on the dad's weekend and the mum's like no it's not right it's not right so what what to do in that situation uh we're going to look at contact what contact is and like you said earlier, naturally, Lily, the sad thing is that some mothers, even though they know it's the day of the father, will quite graciously not open the front door, quite graciously just leave the house before the dad comes to pick up, or, you know, even not allowing other family members, like the grandparents, not to have that involvement, to be that mediator that goes in between. Mm. These things happen. So what is contact? So when a relationship ends, decisions need to be made about the arrangements for the child. Mm. It will need to be decided which parent the child lives with, how 
often the other parent will see the child. The next time the non-resident parent spends with the child is known as contact. Mm. Contact between parent and child can be direct. In other words, face-to-face contact, which can include contact during the day or overnight. Contact may also be indirect, which can include telephone conversations, FaceTime, emails, letters and gifts. Contact can be supervised or in a contact centre. This form of contact is an option if there are safeguarding concerns present. Mm. I read that and my heart just dropped because it's like, I, I can't, because I'm not in that situation and God forbid it to be me, um, thinking about who the child spends most of their time with, it has to be so up rooting for the yeah, child as well is, yeah. even if you're going so say like you live with your your dad on the week because the dad lives closer to the school mm. and then you spend the weekends with your mum you still see your mum less or if you're with your your dad on the weekends and then you get the holidays with mm. your dad then your mum can never take you on little holiday trips and but i think it could be half and half though but it's again but for the child, that is so... It's uprooting. It is. It yeah. is uprooting. So can, can um, contact be refused? Contact should only be restricted where it's necessary to protect the child's welfare. And we know in some cases, like we spoke of earlier, this might be the, the, the time be when, yeah, when you restrict that contact. But in fact, unless proven otherwise, the presumption, like you just said earlier as well, is it, that the involvement of both parents in the life of the child is in the child's best interest and if there is an existing court order in place it could amount to contempt of court if a parent does not make the child available for contact in line with the terms of the court order to avoid this an application can be made for the existing order to be varied if the circumstances change so what can you do i'm going to see if there if there's anything if the mother withholds like it said there isn't it that it could be contempt contempt of court but do fathers follow this through no most of the time and and we've spoken about if he's moved on Mm. yeah so most of the time if he's moved on he's got a wife to think about or a girlfriend to think about Mm. or a partner to think about as selfish as it sounds that man wants an easy life and i know that sounds really like you know inconsiderate but you know i'm always an advocate for Mm. guys for him every single time he's got to go and fight with the with the baby with the mother of his child to have the child is stress Mm. is stress and then he's fought with her and then they've argued and oh now they've got the child but they've got the child under duress and i today we went shopping i told you i can't do nothing under Mm. duress so Mm. i can't imagine what it's like to then now be vexed but then have to be happy because your child is there and then go back to your woman and be like, oh yeah, she's doing A, B, C, D. And now the wife is vexed because the girl, the the ex-girlfriend is causing problems and in there, like it's headache. And then, then you're going to add children to the mix. So say that now he's got, she's had another child. You've got a child with your woman and the mother of your child has a child. Mm. You've now got a balance being a good father to that child in your house with being a good father to the child that's out of your house. But the child that's out of your house, the mother is a headache. I honestly, I understand so why difficult. some men don't fight because 
women live longer than men for a reason. And it's costly as well. It, it's costly trying to to get contact or get a relationship with your child if the mother's being difficult. And like you said, if a whole new family comes along, whatever, again... It's difficult. And to make matters worse, most of these women that are withholding the child are still getting paid. Mm. That I have an issue with. You are still getting, you're still getting your 500 a month to go and get your nails done. And I know it doesn't just go on your nails. I know. Because you obviously every week have to feed the child, clothe the child, pay for school dinners and all that stuff. And I get that. Mm. Right? But if he's, if he's replenishing what you spent out, effectively you haven't spent out 500 pounds. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I know some dads that pay your your maintenance and then they give you more for your electric and all that stuff. Your car and... It's wrong. Uh, so what happens then? I'm just going to look at what happens if a parent withholds, if they don't comply with the order, the court order, they've broken that court order, right? So what does it highlight to us what, what happens? It says a court is legally binding... Failure to comply with a court order amounts to contempt of court and a person can, as a last result, be committed to prison for contempt. A parent cannot be held in contempt through simply for failing to take up the contact given. So if if the dad doesn't go and pick up, then he can't be held in Mm. contempt of court. Um, Because what if he goes and they don't allow him? So that is in contempt. In contempt. So she will be in contempt order. of court. But yeah. if he doesn't turn up for his contact, then he's not in contempt of court. Okay. But that's not fair then. He well, should turn up every time, right? Not really. It technically is fair. Because if the first couple of times she's just withheld, then he can be like, well, what's the point of me trying? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, the, child is the, point, the child is the point where you try. Mm. But And I, you just I don't try not to give up. So... so you know. And this is one of the biggest reasons why why men unalive themselves. This is why it really gets me vexed. Because one of the largest um, killers of men is them unaliving themselves. And I can't remember the stati- statistic, but a large st- statistic with that was to do with access to their children. Mm, mm. So beautiful listeners, we, we have put the website into the chat box so please feel free to come along to www.allflavorsradio.com to access information one on the will writing one also on the mediation for contact i'm going to put this um, website into the chat box as well you can you can access it at any time but this is a serious this is serious when mothers withhold children from their fathers and fathers if you do have court orders in place I think now is a time that fathers need to step up more and even because I guess the men are going out to work and it might infringe on their living situation but not having your child in your life is affecting the children and it's affecting you so start stepping up and going and saying well she's not she's not doing what the court order has said and I don't, I, you know, I don't agree with that. Why? Because you're saying that the dad needs to step up, and this is a problem that we, we as women have, mm. is that we'll put the onus on the man, and it's not on the man. No, nope, because I'm no, no, because you're saying if the child is being withheld, then he needs to go back to court. But that's not taking the child into consideration either. 
I understand because that. going to court now, you're dragging the child back to court. And now if the child does get placed with you, the child's more than likely going to be vexed at you. Mm, the mum's in prison. Because, yeah, because you, you couldn't, you know. So what about... With there's, the, there's no easy fix to that. They're not just going to put the woman in prison though, are they? They are. I literally said it there. If she's in contempt of court, the last resort That's is right. her being put in it's prison. It's the last resort. But so. if she's withheld in... What makes you think that she's going to stop? Oh, they're not going to put me in prison. Gah, gah, gah. She's just going to keep on doing it. How many so, women do you know <laughs> that have withheld? Because we know a lot, yeah, mm-hmm. that have withheld the child from the father. And the father's gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to court. And the court have been like, you're in contempt of court. We're going to lock you up for 24 hours. Nobody. Mm-hmm. So, so the courts aren't enforcing it then? Of course not. They've got, you know what they will say? They've got other bigger issues to deal with mm. than little family civil it's arguments. So sad. It, it, it disrupts. We know that families are the building blocks of society. Families are the building blocks of society. And the breakdown is when parents can't get along. So not every relationship is going to work out. And that's something that you've got to keep in mind as well. But you can still work together for the betterment of the child. But no one thinks of the unborn child or the child that's living. The child is the one that always suffers most of the time. And most of the time, she might have got pregnant because she thought it was going to keep the man. Listen, beautiful listeners, sorry. You know, it's true, don't it? Um, we're going to go to a quick music break. And the, the time has gone so fast tonight. And we're going to wrap up the show so beautiful listeners we'll see y'all in five Gary B. Paul Revival That's what these women need A revival Shout out 
shouting out all the DJs on All Flavors Radio. Gonna give you a quick shout, J E John J E. How you doing, George Flavors? You can catch George every single Saturday, oh, sorry, say Sunday and Monday. Don't forget DJ Laurel follows us after the Let's Talk Drive Out Time show from 8 until 10. And Jay Hope with his R&R show from 10 until 12. And a big shout to DJ Ninja Man Lloyd. How you doing Lloydie? Also DJ B Funk. You can catch DJ B Funk every Saturday from 10 o'clock. Bigging up Billy Way Valentine. Cooksy 417. DJ Smooth. Charlie Muir. Corey E8. DJ Nigel. And Mark Philogene. Please remember that you can check the schedules on www.allflavorsradio.com to find out what DJ is going live on any given day. And don't forget this Saturday, following the carnival, on the trees of Joanne, there's an after carnival party. Sounds of Gary Paul there with Revival. That was a nice track there. I kind of like that one. Revival. So, um, Naturally Lily, we've spoken on writing wills. We've spoken about returning the bronze statues from bedding. We've spoken about mothers withholding their children from the fathers and what we can do. Please, 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 beautiful listeners, check out the chat room. There you'll find all the information that we've posted tonight. Make use of it and know that writing a will, you can write a living will or one for when you pass on to make life a lot easier for your beneficiaries. Okay, so naturally, Lily, what is our quote for this week? So this week's this week's quote is given to us by Charles R. Swindle, and it is life is 10 percent what happens to you and 90 percent how you react to it that's quite bizarre 10% and 90% we had those numbers (laughs) earlier we actually had those numbers earlier for the Benin statues but yeah 10% of what happens so that's the small minute bit but it's our reaction Mm -hmm. do you think we react well to things when we hear or someone said something to us it's how we respond yeah that makes the difference right well, I've been told I'm very reactive, so of late I've tried to tone down my reactiveness. Um, In some cases, it's not bad to be reactive, is it? No, which I realised why was I toning down my reactiveness? Because actually, 
I think in the moment. I do go away and think about it after and mm. like iron out the finer details. Um, but it's it's like, for example, calling people out when they treat you a certain way. When you're not reactive, you mm. just let it pass. So, uh, do you know, this is something I've learned and I'm going to try and live by this, right? When someone says something that you disagree with or you may not like and if it is something that can be dealt with in that moment when they've said it that it needs to be dealt with however like it says it's the way we react right so if they've said oh i don't know give me a scenario that that someone might something someone might say Okay, someone might say something, (laughs) you can just say, I really don't appreciate, it's the way that we approach it, it's the approach, right, we don't have to say, oh, what that, you know, go off the hook and start cursing and blinding, we don't have to do that, but it's how we we take that breath Mm. and we're like, do you know what, I really don't appreciate yada, 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 Mm. okay, in whatever given situation, you take that breath first and then you tell them in the nicest possible way. Mm. That's a good way to react yeah. as opposed to blowing off the handle, right? Yeah, and making it a bigger thing than it needs to right. be. Right. Like we say, it's a mound, but we're making it a mountain. Mm. That's not necessary. So it's 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 working out, right, what's been said, you'd not liked it or you might have liked it because that's another way you can react. Oh, you look beautiful today. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. Mm. Not not downplaying someone's compliments to you. Um, which is something that you know, we are quite accustomed to. Someone says, Oh my gosh, you're really beautiful. Oh no, I've got caked myself in makeup. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You take it, you you and the way you react to it mm. is accepting that someone has said to you, You look really beautiful today. Mm. Accept it. And believe it mm. and know it's the truth. Because they're yeah. not going to say something that isn't true, are they? Or maybe some people do tell little lies. But overall, yeah, they, you know, it's a reaction. Yeah, 90%, you know, not 50-50, 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how we react. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So beautiful listeners, we have actually come to the end of the show. Unbelievable. The hours went so fast, yeah. like the speed of a a bolt or, you know, out of the blue. But do you know what? Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being with us this evening. We do hope you enjoyed the carnival, guys, as well. Um, yeah, we had Sunday, lots to do. So we're not able to get out. And yeah, we kind of watched it from afar. All right, so beautiful listeners, please know that I think DJ Lara will be following us today. And really, you are just wonderful. We thank you all so much for your time. And it's always a pleasure to speak on things that matter to us, right? You say that naturally, Lily. Definitely. All right, so with whatever we're doing, please be your best, always. Uh, be gracious and be beautiful and wonderful listeners we will see y'all where naturally really we'll see y'all on on the the other other side side. now take care beautiful listeners